And now, coming to you live. Good morning. Good morning. Everybody, let's sing along. Hi there. My name is Roland Sandberg, and I tune in all the way here in Finland, Europe. Lots of greetings from Finland. Good morning, and welcome to another edition of Talking Tunes. I'm your announcer, Kitty Litter. Now it's time to talk to the loon tunes of Talking Tunes. Here they are, the Talking Tunes crew. 91X, FAMA, Baja California, Mexico. Welcome to Talking Tunes 2020. Welcome to Talking Tunes. I'm Oscar Osbo, and we were talking with John Russell last week uh, before we had to end things, but uh, we're going to start it up again. Here's John Russell. Yeah, no, I, I, okay, now where were we? Um, I was just going full time at SHN. Okay. So. Now, let me ask you real quick, SHN. Yep. Um, did you know Bob Moore? I did. Okay. Did he, he work was, up there? Yeah, he was an engineer there for a while. He was an engineer for the U.S. He was. He lived in Fremont. So. Okay, yeah, he there was yeah, like I said, I I got there in like eighty one, so yeah. there was a whole culture before I got there. But I did, you know, get to meet quite a few um, folks like that. Yeah. But anyway, okay, Fremont. Uh, yeah. So okay, just go ahead. And start. Yeah. Sorry. All right. Um, so uh, about a year into that, uh, they had a position open up. They had somebody leave, and their news director left. As a matter of fact, so. Stu Nordyke, who was the owner of WSHN, said, hey, do you know anything about news? And I said, well, yeah. I actually did take some journalism classes in my four years of trying to get a two-year degree <laughs> over at MCC. So, you know, I, I did, you know. Uh, and again, it's the whole thing is you never say no, right? right. So, um, yeah. And he says, in sports, he says, well, later on he would say, talk about sports. But I did news, so what I would do was uh, I would, uh, I worked a, a afternoon shift from like, um, I, what the heck was it? It was like 3 o'clock until 7. So I guess it would be your afternoon drive into early evening. But before that, I got there about noon to do the noon news. They had a, it was a, you know, farm community, Fremont. So it was back in the days where you had, uh, we had a half hour block for news. Uh, a farm report was thrown in there that was done through Lansing. So you did, some, but a lot of it was, and I could do actualities. Like I'd talk to people on the phone or in person, tape them, carve them up. And, uh, you know, put them on. So it was a great experience. Went to, like, the meetings and all that stuff and, and, and all of that. Well, uh, that went along for a while. And then all of a sudden, the uh, boss got an opportunity to cover uh, Notre Dame football on okay. Saturdays. And it, they were going to do it for free because Notre Dame was just starting up their uh, their network. And so they, they weren't having to pay a rights fee. So anything they sold, to, I mean, anything the station sold was gravy. I mean, it was all profit. You right. know? So if you sold 100 sponsors, or you should be so lucky. But, uh, you know, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was all your, your money, so it was easy money. So Stu called me in. I was working with another guy who had just graduated from Central Michigan. He, we were the same age, and he, uh, he had a broadcasting degree. And uh, his name was Rick Stoll. Called us in the office and said, you guys know anything about football? And I said, yeah, you know, played it and know it a little bit. And Rick, Rick was more of a basketball player. He grew up in the Detroit area, Birmingham uh, Groves down in that way. Okay. Um, and uh, he said, yeah. He says, what do you think? We're doing Notre Dame football. Shouldn't we do high school football? And Rick and I had privately dreamed of doing it, not having any idea if we could do it. Right. But we'd always talked about, man, wouldn't that be great if you know we could broadcast high school sports? So we looked at each other and we said, yeah, that'd be great. You think you guys could do it? Certainly. I mean, we said it in unison. <laughs> it was like the Beach Boys. Yes, you know. And, yeah. and so uh, 
we we went out of his office and back to the front office where Rick worked, and we thought, man, can we really do this? And you know, and but we say we'll give it a try, you know, and we did, uh, and we came up with a plan. We both wanted to be play-by-play guys to get the experience because we were going to uh, take over for Ernie Harwell when Ernie, uh, of course, when Ernie, yeah, you know, yeah. when he uh, retired finally. Um, so we knew we had to get some experience at play-by-play. And so what would happen was while one of us was calling play-by-play, the other would be the color, and then you'd flip in the second half of a, a oh, football okay. game. So come to find out before our first game, he says, how about if you take the first uh, first half of the game? And I said, okay, I can do that. And I was very good at memorizing names and picking mm-hmm. up names. He wasn't quite there. It took him a while to figure out who everybody was. And that was his mode of, you know, of wanting to do that. So we would do that, and we would critique each other after. It was the the most honest partner I ever had in terms of we were peers. I mean, from there on, I would always be the guy that had a few years on whoever I worked with. So I was kind of the I was kind of the the veteran, you know. And people, hey, what do you want? To, what do we do, John? You know. But yeah. this was right ground floor. We're equal. We're both the same age, and we're creating something together. And neither, and we, you know, we were learning. Right. Um, so you, we would have these critiques. And my wife and his wife used to go to the games with us. My wife, for self-preservation for me, because I lived in Muskegon still, but I was driving back and forth to Fremont. So you have to remember, my day in Fremont would start, you know, I'd get there at about 10 o'clock in the morning. And on a Friday night, I'd be there until the game was over. Right. So I was dog tired. So Arlene, my wife, she... Uh, she says, well, I'm going to go with you so you don't fall asleep on the way home. So she was kind of my, but she, so she would go to the games, her and Joyce, that was Rick's wife. And we would go back and forth, like just hammering on, not necessarily each other, but critiquing ourselves and man, we should have done this better. And we kind of do this and how can we do? And, and Arlene finally said, guys, 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 you weren't that bad. You know, it's, you know, Hey, yeah, there can be some improvement here, but, but we were like that. We were never really, we were never really pleased with what we did. Um, and, uh, so we, we worked together for a couple of years and uh, I think the second year I kind of got a little miffed because I said, Rick, I says, Hey, I'm never going to call the final touchdown or we did basketball as well, or that final winning basket. I said, I'm all, I'm stuck doing the the first first half. half. Yeah. And he says, well, he says, you know, you're better at it. You get the names. I said, so let me get this straight because you have an inability to learn here. I'm, I'm penalized, right? Is that, is that what you're saying? He says, no, no, no. He says, he says, look at it this way, John. He says, you always have a close game. He said, every once in a while we get these, you know, these just routes. And he said, I'm stuck with a stinker. Yeah. And which was true. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was a fair amount of that. And I said, well, that's a, that's okay. I see your logic there anyhow, but I said, you still should try to, I says, you know, you, at some point, if you're going to do this, Rick, you're going <laughs> to, you're going to have to start a game. I mean, right. you're going <laughs> to, so, but he never did. I mean, as, as long as we worked together, that was always the thing. It was, uh, and it was good. It was good training for both of us because we got a chance to sit in each other's chairs. I mean, color and, and play by play and stuff like that. So we did that for two years. Uh, he finally came to me one day and says, I, I got to do something else. I'm not making any money. And his wife's father was kind of insisting that he take care of their little girl, you know. (laughs) And Rick had a history of teachers in his family. His mom and dad were both teachers. 
And he says, you know, and that's kind of what I come from, and I'm used to summers off. You know, what are the best three reasons about being a teacher? You know, June, July, and August. You know, he used to joke about that. So he went back to school, got his teaching degree, and he left. And then I worked with another guy there for a while. And uh, then eventually Cal, who I work with to this day, he was doing uh, public relations, or public relations, he was doing PA for uh, the Grand Tigers, like their basketball games. And he called me up one day and he said, wanted to have lunch. And he says, hey, John, he says, and I was working with somebody else at that point. He says, if you, he said, I'd always like to try that, you know, being, and and from then on, when Rick left, I was always play by play. I mean, whoever, whoever I worked with was the color colors. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, he says, I, I'd, you know, I'd love if you get an opening, you know, to, to come in and try. And I said, sure. You never know what's happened. Well, a couple of years ago, this other guy leaves and I have Cal and we'd been together for 20 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, what we well, did. I, I had you guys. Well, you guys were, were calling games on, I think it was LCS at the time. Yeah. And I was uh, covering some some games, videotaping yes. them. Yeah. And you were nice enough to let me just put a mic down there. So you guys did the play-by-play for sure. it. And uh, we used that. I was like TV40, I think we put it on yeah. or something. So. Yeah. No, that was that was a yeah. good experience. Yeah, we, had, we had the face for a radio, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we were going to, we, I was going to follow you around. And I, I forgot what happened. Something came up. Yeah. There. I remember that we were, we almost worked together, didn't we? Almost, almost. (laughs) Yeah. Now, Moyes and Young, did that, how did they play any influence in your broadcasting? You know, Jim, of course, you know, he'd been around forever. I mean, back when I was a kid, I'd listen to his games. In fact, uh, on Facebook, I just messaged him. He sent me some well wishes, you know, when, when I, when I uh, lost my job here. Um, And so I, you know, I told him, what I told him, I said, you know, you were kind of the godfather of anybody that did play-by-play sports in Muskegon because you were who we listened to, you know. And so um, our paths were pretty good because we were up in Nuevo County for about 20 years. Okay. Um, so, But he would cross. I mean, like maybe the Heights would play Fremont. So we would see, like, uh, we would see Jim and, and uh, Gene, Gene then. Yeah. And we always had very cordial relationships, always treated us well and, and, and encouraging and stuff like that. Well, when my boss, uh, by this time, Stu had kind of passed the torch on to his son, Don uh, Nordyke, and he had bought, he bought, um, and this would have been the late 1990s. Yeah, I remember. I was there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they bought, bought LCS and the Eagle yeah. uh, and uh, another AM station. Right. Um, and, the one and, right next door. Yeah they, yeah, they bought it, I guess, for a song. Yeah, I mean, yeah. because they were, I guess they were... Uh, yeah, stations that were yeah we i uh, worked for carson and carson yes. was was buying up all these uh repeaters and he went he went broke buying all these repeaters so he needed money to keep buying them so he sold us for nothing yeah you know? and uh, that's when i had just come back because i had actually worked at gv i went from lcs and and got hired over at gvu grand okay. valley right and worked there for four or five years and i was just going to come back because bob bolton at that time was getting me back in. Well, I wasn't real comfortable with the whole situation, so right. I tried to get my job back at GVU. And anyway, that's yeah, that didn't happen. But yeah, the the whole thing was yeah. was that um, yeah, Carson was looking for money, so he sold it for nothing. I he mean, sold, we, yeah. we worked. It was kind of hard because we all worked our butt off at that station, and uh, yes. A lot of times we go without paychecks, and because right. oh, you know Carson was not a good, he was not a good owner. No. 
That's yeah. what I heard. Yeah. And I'll tell you, when, when we took over LCS, I mean, that was a really happening station. I mean, that was, I mean, there was a, there was a great listenership yeah. of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, uh, and uh, it was kind of interesting because a lot of it would be, I think it was the ABC syndication classic hits. And what they did, one of the packets that you got was they would show where they got all their requests from. Right. And Muskegon, or this West Michigan area, was among the leaders of all classic hits yeah. formats. I mean, yeah. as far as the, the it was a phenomenal. Uh, and, of course, like I said, this is late 90s, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, Don buys that. And the plan for him eventually is to move the operations to Muskegon, uh, or at least, you know, the LCS uh, operations. And so we kind of go along a little bit, and we expand our – at least sports coverage on LCS, uh, we wanted to, to put, you know, I can't remember if they had sports before. I'm yeah, sure they did it did. one time. Well, we had Moyes and Young there, and yeah. I stole them away at WGVU. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> and then they went over to uh, uh, Rock, yes. I think is where they went. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And that's where that's where they were when uh, we wanted to open up uh, sports on LCS. So then they, we... They, they hated, they hated uh, GVU because they couldn't do... The Gene and, and and Jim commentary, you know, where they talk about the sponsors and yeah. come on down. You can't do that on that's true. public broadcasting. Yeah, that's all. So they, that yeah. lasted one year, and then they went over. To, <laughs> they got got a job over at uh, at Rock. But I'm yeah. sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's that's fine. And and that's where I really um, that was kind of an awkward time for the uh, Gene Young, Jim Moyes, John Russell, Cal Van single relationship, because now all of a sudden we come down here and we're in their backyard. Right. You know, and I think everybody handled it gracefully. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I know there was some, some bit of hard feelings here and there, but right, right away, I didn't deal with Jim so much, but I, I dealt with Gene quite a bit. Right. And Gene and I sat down and we, came to an agreement we says hey look and this is football season again because i don't believe by that time i think they pretty much gave up on basketball i don't think they were doing too much basketball if any but football is you know kind of king around here obviously and uh, gene and i would would go out to to lunch uh before the season would start and we'd say and we both had the plan and we said hey let's figure out a schedule and try not to be at the same place Right. And, and, uh, I don't know if, if Jim necessarily appreciated that so much because, you know, Jim wanted to be where he wanted. And I get oh, yeah. that. And, right. and, and I totally, I totally get all of that. I mean, here's a guy that's done it forever. You got kind of the new kids on the block coming in. I mean, we had 20 years up in Nuevo County, right. but that's 20 years up in Nuevo County. I mean, right. so we weren't exactly new kids on the block, but we were, we weren't the primary in the Muskegon. Like, you know, you're, you're following a legend uh, right. and Jim. So I got all of that, and I, you know, I, and meanwhile, I'm getting pressure from. By this time, we're sold to Citadel, and so I don't have the mom and pop, the Nordikes anymore, where you could go down to the hall and say, "Hey, I'd like to do this." It became corporate radio, and it right. was it was different. It was an adjustment, uh, not always a good adjustment, but it was an adjustment. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, and I think that's why we couldn't work together because something they had to do with Citadel, I think, is what it was. When that you know, the, you know what? We were probably going through bankruptcy at that time, okay. and they yeah. had a hiring freeze. I'll bet you that's what it was. Yeah, it been. Yeah, yeah. There was, uh, there was. Yeah. It was like, man, I finally found some some great announcers yeah. I can use for you know yeah. for doing the sports and yeah. Well, Nordyke, okay. getting back to him, just on the sale of the stations. Now he sold the whole pack of all of his stations to Citadel. Mm-hmm. 
and he, I don't know what the price was, but I've heard astronomical numbers. Right. I mean, he yeah. did, he did well on right. that sale. Right. And so they overpaid. Basically, Citadel overpaid for those stations. She had a dream, boy, it was a good one. So she chased after her dream with much desire. But when she got too close to her expectations, her dream burned up like paper and fire. Talking Tunes. Talking Tunes, and we're talking with John Russell, and, uh, well, let's continue to find out. So, well, when Citadel took over, John. The downside of that for me, and I was the only one that came with the sale. I mean, there was, I remember uh, there was a guy named uh, Jeff Morton. He was the, uh, he wasn't the market manager, because Matt Hanlon was a market manager, but Jeff was his right, right-hand guy. And he came in to do interviews. 
And everybody that went into the office came back, their eyes were like this. And it was like they were just, you know, they were just a zombie. What happened? You know, it was like one of those, hey, what, what going to, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gone, you know. So I'm thinking, my, my, I'm the last interview. I'm thinking, I'm gone. Yeah. So um, I go in, they call me in, and Jeff says, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing all right. He says, what do you think of the sale? I says, I think it stinks. <laughs> and he's, now keep in mind, it's not that I'm brave. It's I'm already dead. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm already, in my mind, I'm already dead. I might as well say what I'm going to say. Right. And uh, so, <laughs> so he looks at me kind of puzzled. He says, why? He says, well, you know, the station's been up here since 1960. I know you're going to move it to Muskegon. I live in Muskegon. It, it'd be great for me. I mean, it's only a few blocks probably from where I live. I mean, I get all of that. Wouldn't have to drive, you know, a 60 miles round trip every day uh, through snow and sleet and all that stuff. But I says the bottom line is the people up here are losing a radio station and they're losing a you know they're losing a, a, a you know a, a, a touch with their community and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, he says things change or something like that, and he goes on and I, I proceed to tell him everything that he doesn't want to hear. I know he doesn't because he's looking at me like you know he'd ask me a question. I, I was just being honest. I wasn't being I wasn't being disrespectful. But I was being honest. I thought I was gone. And I said, hey, this is my exit interview. I'm not going to sit here and beg for my job. And I said, you know, I don't even know if I want to work for Because I had heard stories about, oh, yeah, not, yeah. about not only Citadel, but just corporate radio in general. Right, right. About how it was. And so I said, I don't even know if I want to do this, to be honest with you. So I had this really frank interview. It probably lasted a half an hour. And I, like I said, I didn't tell him anything he wanted to hear. I know I did. And at the end of that, Oscar... He says to me, he says, I need an operations manager. You want the job? And I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking, if you wrote a textbook on how not to interview, I just wrote it. I mean, there, there is nothing that you would say, well, the first thing you ought to do is you ought to be contrary to everything this guy wants to do. And then, I mean, it was, it, it was, but in hindsight, he needed one person and that's what I I found out later on, he got a, in this conversation with Don, he says, I can take one person, who would that one person be? He says, it's a no-brainer, it'd be John, because he can do everything. Oh, okay. Uh, and that's not not bragging on my part, but small radio, you know, right. you, you've yeah, done that, you do yeah. everything, you know? Yeah. So that that's that was more of that than, hey, John's such a great talent and all that stuff. I, I happen to think that was prior. <laughs> but, but anyhow, uh, so that was it. So I had that job no matter what I was going to say, apparently. I did not know that. Um, cause I'm, I am gobsmacked when he says, do you want to be my, uh, you know, and I, I remember thinking, God, didn't he just hear for a half an hour? <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of anything I, I could have said positive. And I, I said, well, yeah, I'll give it a chance. So I thought at that point, Oscar, that I was going to be the transition because when I, when we went to the studios where we are now, there was not even furniture in there. I mean, the, the computers were sitting on the floor and that's, uh, and there, we didn't have, we had some old chairs that we brought from, you know, Nordyke's place and that was it. And we were playing PSAs. We weren't even playing like, so because the sales staff who went down, they did go, okay. but they quit right away yeah. almost because they didn't like this, the guy that, uh, Citadel had brought in to be the sales manager at, for the Muskegon office. And, uh, so they, they were all the guys I worked with who I thought I was going to at least go with. When I show up, it's just me and this other guy, the sales manager. We're the only two in the building. 
And I thought, wow. Now, what building did you go to then? Uh, we went to where we are now. Uh, it's uh, it's called Heritage um, Her- Heritage uh, Shoot. Well, it's it's on uh, it's on uh, Miriam Street in Muskegon Heights. Okay. It's actually what's kind of ironic is it's across the expressway from uh, Clear Channel, iHeart. You know. Uh, oh, okay. There, okay. It's directly. I mean, in fact, you see you see our tower and their towers. I mean, and we would always get we'd get their winners on MUS, and they would get our winners. I mean, it was kind of a you okay. know because you couldn't even say hey we're by the Denny's because the ben, they were right by the yeah. Denny's. We were kind of by the Denny's, but that was a landmark. But we were across the street, so that's that's a general area where it was. Yeah. But we went in there and we had nothing. Um, and I thought, God, this ain't gonna last. I mean, we weren't even playing commercials; we were playing PSAs and stuff like that. And and we didn't have a sales staff. And I thought, this is gonna not. My transition here isn't gonna be long. Well, lo and behold, we wound up hiring a staff, and I uh, brought in a guy that worked with us, Rick Hickman, right? Who we he and I did a morning show up in Fremont for probably ten years, anyhow. And we, it was a country station then. And uh, we, we did that together. And, and Rick and I were just uh, really just uh, had a lot in common. I mean, we just, we could finish each other's sentences. He had the same sense of weird humor that I had. And it, and it worked. Well, he winds up, his day job was with Michigan Works up in Nuevo County. Fast forward a little bit, um, Michigan Works is taken over by the school system. So their people are going to take it over. Rick loses his job. He was still board hopping and engineering the the football games and basketball games for us. So he actually came down here for a year and did that. I mean, it was hardly any money for him, but it was something. Right. And uh, meanwhile, again, Jeff Morton comes back and he says, hey, we need some salesmen here. You, you got any idea of anybody? I said, well, you know, Rick comes down. I said, he needs a job. So I asked Rick and Rick said, I don't know anything about sales. I said, man, I says, you know, you're... You know, you've you're you you care about people. You you would be great at it. He said, "I'll give it a shot." So I told Morton. I says, "The only thing," <laughs> I said, "the thing you're going to get on Rick about is Rick is going to be weird for a salesman because he's going to actually want this to work for not only us but for the client." I don't think Jeff was too thrilled about hearing that either because yeah, again, yeah. here's a little backhanded jab at salesman. But you know some salesmen go in and, and they get paid on commission. I get that. I right. totally get that. But you can't go into a business and look around and say, wow, there's no money here. You know, and, and I've heard business owners say that when sales, certain salesmen walk in, that's what they see. They just see it in their eyes. Like, oh boy, did I make a mistake? Yeah, right. here's my card, but don't bother calling. I mean, they're not saying that, but they're thinking it. And Jeff said, well, that's kind of a shot. And I said, well, no, I said, he's, but you're going to have to let him find himself because he's going to spend more time than you want him to spend with a client to land him. But I said, you know what's going to happen when Rick gets a client? This guy's going to be with him for a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And I uh, said, so you're just going to have to be patient with that. And uh, so, you know, okay, cool. I appreciate that. And, and that's exactly how Rick worked. It took a while, but up till the day that Rick wound up quitting or retiring, his client file was phenomenal percentage of the same people that he sold and we were together there 20 years because i think i was 20 years in fremont 20 years here so i had 20 years of mom and pop radio and 20 years of corporate radio so it was kind of a unique perspective for that but yeah that was that was and and then he grew our pre-game show to just and post-game show especially just a whole network of stuff and that's what made us difference but uh getting 
I'm bouncing around here. But yeah, Gene and I worked very well together. Um, Jim came came around eventually, and not that it was anything, but I could always tell that that was there was the thing. But then at, at a point, we were doing as many games as they were, so it right. was kind of a. I think we worked it really well through what what Jim was able to, or not. Um, uh, Gene was able to, you know, and I were able to broker. And then when Gene wound up leaving or, or pulling back because he had some health issues, Tom Kendra came in, and Tom and I always got along from the time that he. You know, worked at the Chronicle and all that right, stuff, and, that. and we just carry that whole tradition on. You know, lunchtime and you know about this time of year, we're we're doing this in July, and that'd be about the time Tom and I'd sit down and say, "Hey, look, here's the nine games we'd like to have. These games, you'd like to have these. Okay, well, we really want to be at this one. Okay, well, we'll give you this game if you take it. It was, and that's how it went. Right, and it it worked out. It worked out well. I think probably their bosses kind of looked askew at that a little bit and our bosses did too it's like well you know hey wait a minute why are we brokering a deal here with these yeah. and we said you know hey yeah, jim, jim and gene didn't answer to any bosses so. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly jim and gene were were yeah. their bosses so. yeah yeah and you know what i was pretty autonomous at with what i did too because they they didn't as long as we were bringing in bucks they really yeah. didn't care um I mean, I, football was was it i mean i'm yeah. speaking you, you made money in football it was yeah radio you made money tv you made money right i mean you just made yeah. money in football because yeah. that was at what people love to sure. hear about and see yeah yeah and basketball became kind of a value added for us yeah. anyhow it was like okay you get the season you get football and then we're going to basically throw in a basketball see i yeah. mean there'd be a little it'd be a little premium you know but it wouldn't be i mean nobody would i hate to say this but you're the you could count on one hand maybe one finger the people that would say yeah that would say hey i, I really want basketball yeah it yeah. just it was not the same it, it was the same gravitas as, as football yeah, was. basketball is more more yeah. of a sight thing you really yeah. kind of hard to yeah I, well, you guys did it i mean i remember one time i uh when i was videotaping i think it was from montague yeah and uh saw you guys over there and you were like Stuck in your the, on the bleachers there, you know, with the with the cord and a little setup you had there, and, yeah, you know, and uh, but you you did the whole game, yeah, play by play, so yeah, we had different places. I mean, eventually it became where you were in a press box and all that, but there are times where you weren't, you know, especially on the road if you were at a, you know, a, the very first playoff game we ever did way back when was uh, Hesperia and Saginaw Nouvelle, and they stuck us in the crowd, yeah. Um, but I'll well, tell basketball, you, you you really didn't have much choice. In no basketball, basketball you're, you're yeah, there. That's kind of what I was talking about. Yeah, oh, I got, I got. Yeah, you. yeah you're, you're, yeah. you're, yeah, you're there, and it's loud and it's noisy, yeah. and yeah, it's, it's. Because uh, you guys had the, the comfort seat. Now think about it. This now, I was the one videotaping the game, oh, so no. you had the comfort of the press box. We I did. had to be up up above. You're, yep, you're in the elements. Yeah, fighting the elements and trying to keep my you know expensive camera from getting damaged yeah. from rain or whatever you know that did that was not lost on us because i can't i can <laughs> i remember you climbing those ladders and i'm thinking yeah. thank god i'm not doing video yeah <laughs> I mean, That's like, a, can't do that anymore but yeah, anyway yeah. yeah yeah but yeah no and then we moved here and uh i kind of did the same i was now i was uh operations manager i guess they called me slash program director and uh sports guy here in muskegon for for 20 years and it was a great ride we yeah. did a show uh, rick and i would re we wound up doing a, a monday through friday show for about five years uh morning drive and then uh he left he now, was that on lcs or yes was that it on, was okay yes it was and then he turned 62 
and he decided to retire. He'd, uh, he'd kind of had enough of it. His wife is from Reed City, and she wanted to go back home. Uh, she'd been down here, you know, for a lot of that time, well, all of that time. And she, uh, she wanted to go back home, and he, was, he said, oh, you know, I, I can retire, and I will. And that's what he did. And that was a, a blow to the gut to me because you're losing your best friend, you know. Yeah, you're losing yeah. a, your partner in crime. I always said I was very fortunate in radio to always have at least one person at any radio station that I worked with. I always call it kind of the reality check. It's like, okay, hey, tell me, somebody's nuts here. Is it me or is it them? I mean, somebody, <laughs> and you know, there was always somebody that even if they were kind, they would say, no, no, they're, they're, they're out of whack. They, they have no idea. And I said, okay. And, and Rick Hickman was that for me. Rick Stoll was that for me over in, in Fremont for a lot of years. And Dale Williams uh, was that way when, when I worked with him over there. So I always was, was blessed with that. When I lost Rick, I didn't have that anymore. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't have the I didn't have the the reality check of wow, these guys are doing some really strange stuff here. Is am I losing it or is it, you know, I didn't have anybody saying no, no, they're they're, they're still nuts, you know. So uh, yeah, it's always good to have a friend because in radio, especially if you're leading in radio. Yes. It's kind of hard to find a real friend. Oh, you bet. Yeah, you'll find a guy that wants to be your yes man or, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yes man, I'll take your job, yes. <laughs> they want to be your friend as long as things are going yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And, and radio is, is, is full. I mean, there's some great people in radio, don't get me wrong, but it, it's full of uh, egos and it's full of yeah. really, really people that are, are, <clears throat> are sold on themselves too. Right. And you, you, you're, you're absolutely right, Oscar. You have to, you have to have a, a good for lack of a better word, a good bull geiger. I mean, you have to be able to sort out who's, who's in this for who I am right now. Who's going to be there when the, when the ship starts taking on water, right? You know, who's going to cut loose and say, Oh no, that was his fault. That was him over there. You oh know? yeah. So yeah. yeah, I've been through that. Yeah. 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 I know a place.
Talking tunes, talking with John Russell, or is it? So now your your name, as far as your name goes, you that's your real name you've used all these years, right? It's not my real name. Oh, it's not. No, it's my, uh, but it's the name I use because once I used it, I, I kind of that's who I was. I just thought it was. Okay. Yeah, no, everybody does, and that's the awkward part now is when you're going back because people have known me forever as John Russell. I, I can my, my real name is is John Cheney. Okay. And uh, so the awkward part that I'm finding right now, because if we, if I go into this next generation of broadcasting, and I've got some irons in the fire that we can talk about if you want to at some point, but um, is, you know, I set up my, I, I actually set up a John Russell email because I thought, well, you yeah, know, because yeah. now you got to explain all of that stuff. Right. Hey, you know, you've known me for 40 years as John Russell, but really yeah. I'm John Cheney. And that, that just is just awkward. To me, it's awkward. It I mean, I think, well, Mark Dixon, he has two different websites, his, his real okay. Facebook rather. Oh, his real name and his, okay. You know, so, Mark Dixon, so Dixon's so. not his real name either. No, huh? no okay. No. no, no, that was something that Tim Akerhoff came up with. Oh, was years it? Years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was just, uh, I had to do a newscast, and I thought, God, I need a name. And everybody asked me, was that a middle name? Was that like your grandfather's name? No, there was, there was, I, it just, I needed a name, and Russell came. 
And okay. uh, I have, and then once I said it, I was, I was hip enough to say, you know, even if I don't like it, I got to stick with it because you can't be John Russell one week and then I was, oh no, no, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be John Rivers the next week. And, no, 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 no. I think I'm going to be, John, you know, I mean, you have to, you have to, <laughs> you can't be, you can't be changing it. So. Yeah. so, well, I know people that have, but yeah, okay, I guess, yeah, yeah. 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 Now, <clears throat> have you ever? Excuse me. <clears throat> have you ever ran into uh, Bob Ecker on any time? As far I as have. He actually works with us. Um, okay, Bob works with you now. Okay. Yeah, actually, he's he's had two incarnations with us. Okay. He um, he. I first ran into Bob when he was working with uh, with uh, Jim and Gene. Right. And right. Uh, they would get. Uh, they had an AM station too. I, I you know I'm going to say Jim and Gene were on like the Rock FM. And then there was an AM station. Right. Maybe it was KBZ even. Yeah. Well, they changed it to KBZ. Yeah. It used to be MUS, but they changed it to gotcha. KBZ. Yeah. But they did that for years. So I, we actually knew Bob and Gary. Uh, Gary Weber was his partner for a okay. lot of years. Yeah, and when we would run a, across each other again up in the, the Nuevo County area, and then we came down here. Um, and then about the time that Jim left, they were only going to cut to one crew. I, I'm a little foggy on the details, but they weren't going to do anything and we wound up losing uh, on v100 which was our r&b station in our cluster that we're at now i always thought cluster was such an appropriate name for several stations yeah you know but, uh, but anyhow um our loving we, group yeah <laughs> yeah so uh what we had was um we had somebody doing uh, Big Red's football on our R&B station. Well, they wound up leaving, and we had an opening. And I called Bob up, and it was just it was the right exactly the right time because yeah. Bob was I think leaving that AM station, or they were leaving him. And I said, "Hey, would you, and he's he was a Big Red. I didn't really necessarily know that, yeah. but he graduated from Muskegon. Right. And he said he and he, I guess that was always kind of his secret fantasy as far as sports is he wanted to be you know start like kind of a big reds network and do that so it fit right in mm -hmm. and we had him on board for uh for a few years and the lcs just because we had a good base always sold well but for some reason the big reds just didn't sell i mean it is i mean we got some sponsors but lcs always out was able to outsell them um just you know there was a, a price that certain big red people would pay but they wouldn't pay but you know, I, I think I had somebody from the Big Reds tell me one time, he says, you know, our guys are getting hit up. Our sponsors are getting hit up for, a, you know, if, if you need a scoreboard, they're, they're putting the, the big money into the pro. They would have, they would more, they would want to put their money into the program as opposed to covering the program. You right. know what I mean? So, you know, we got that, but it was tough. So we had to cut back on that one year. That was a corporate decision. And then uh, Bob actually ended a job with another radio station, kept that going to his credit. And did that for another maybe five years. And then he uh, called me just the year before last, and he wasn't happy where, where the coverage wasn't that great, uh, having trouble, just different troubles. Right. He said, would your uh, group consider bringing us back? And I said, I'll ask. And I did, and they were, and we got him back. So, yeah, we were uh, we were kind of partners, uh, you know, um, you know, he would just handle all the big red stuff. So I, 
I consequently, even though I was a big red, was, did very few big red games because, you know, yeah. the time that he did that. So we stayed with the true game of the week that didn't involve the big reds. Every once in a while, we would wind up, you know, doing a big red game or something. Because Bob, actually, way back you know, when I was at LCS, I was, you know, had the title of program director, even though it didn't mean anything then. <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, Bob came to, came to us and uh, Bob Bolton put him on me and said, you know, talk to him. And he wanted to... to you know, follow Jim and Gene around and follow Ficarelli at that time yes. for the Fury. Yep. And, uh, he, but he wanted, you know, do it as an intern. He was doing it for free. It's like free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. yeah. Come on. Right. So, but that's but he did really enjoy it. Cause he got to learn from Jim and Gene and also sure. from Ficarelli, which are, you know, right. They're pretty yeah. good people to learn from. You bet. And he was, he went on from there and that Bob, the one thing that <clears throat> Jim and Gene said and Ficarelli too, is that, the man had his stats down. He had he knew he everything about yeah. the team. Yeah. Before he opened his mouth, he knew their names. He yeah. knew all the stats. He knew everything about them. So right. he's 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 very good. Yeah, he does his homework. I know he's yeah. he he writes. I think he writes a blog uh, for yeah. the for the big reds. And, and he works full time at a regular job. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can tell it's a passion because he yeah. you know he he makes time for this and yeah. And the thing I've always appreciated about Bob was usually anybody else I worked with. Like I would have to set up, like do all of their groundwork for them. I mean, I'd have to, I'd have to call the athletic directors at the schools, which I did for me anyhow. But I mean, I would always, it was double the work. Right. Because, okay. But from day one, when I had Bob, he just, he preferred to work that way. Yeah. Because yeah. then he knew what he was up against, who he was talking to, who he was dealing with. And I said, man, because I think he said, do you mind if I set that up or something? I said, man, yeah, yeah. man, no. I said, I didn't think you'd want any part of that. I said, go to it, knock yourself out. And he did. I would never have to hear anything uh, from him. You know what I mean? I mean, he was like, you know, wind him up. He's gone. I mean, he was, yeah. Now, early, early days, you speak about setting things up because, you know, I was program director at KBZ at a time when Jim and Gene were over there. Right. And you had to set up the phone lines at all these different places, you know, because they did the phone line. Sure. The only time that Jim really got mad at me, really hated me, was when I sent him with a bag phone one time. And that was not a good thing. Yeah. But yeah, but but you had to set them all up. Now, did you set yourself up every time back yes. in the day? I mean, you had to get a phone line. It was it was oh, a lot of work. I it mean, was. you had to set the phone line up. You had to get it, make sure it was a working line. Sometimes you get there, the line wasn't working. You had to call somebody. You had to know somebody in the. Yes. That's why I got to know John Van Wyke very well. You yeah. know, I'd call him and say, "Hey, yeah, his phone line's not working. Can you get somebody over there to fix it?" You know, and. Yeah, no. you did all that. I mean, oh, no. was that was did you have some troubles with that? Oh, or? I had. Yeah, I mean, there was. Yeah, that you had to deal with a phone company, and then you had to get a specific line. You had to get like a business. I remember. I remember. I didn't even know what that was, but I knew the magic words were get a business one phone line. It was right, a clear right. line. I mean, clear was, line. Yeah, yeah, and you had to do that. I learned that very very early. Um, but you would sweat that because, and then the company, no matter who I worked for hated phone bills right uh be it nordyke or whatever and they would put up with it for a while but after a while i would get to the point where they'd say well we're not going to put a phone in there uh in the early days we had which was pretty high tech for the time it was called a marty unit yeah and, yeah we used uh, a marty quite a bit too but yeah sometimes yeah you sometimes got, you, couldn't. you couldn't i mean if yeah. you're on the road i mean it only had so so much of a coverage right area. right um but yeah so and that's where that would come in hey there was a big game that was out of our area and a lot of times boy uh, i i 
I put it in at my cost. I lost money on doing really? sports. Yeah. Wow. Be- because, you know, I, I just thought it was important to do it. Arlene, you know, bless her heart, because that could have led to a divorce for a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, she would, I mean, we couldn't even pay our own bills. Right. And she's saying, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> I said, we can't even keep our own phone on and you're getting this other bill. I said, I know, but I said, man, this is what we do. And, yeah. and, uh, and, and I did that and uh, I didn't, I didn't turn it in because I didn't want the grief. And a lot of times what would happen with me was I would turn phone bills in and sometimes they wouldn't get paid. And then I'm thinking, that's good. Cause I would hear, I would hear, um, you know, from the phone companies, well, it looks like you've got an outstanding LC, uh, WSHN's got an outstanding uh, phone bill. That and so I'm thinking, well, that's going to screw me up down the line. So it would be yeah. almost like I would take on some of that myself just to take care of it. Right. And I would pay those bills as silly as it is. And it was silly. I would pay a lot of those bills before I'd pay my own phone bill. Now, was this Don that did this, or was this his father? This is, this is back pretty much with Stu and all oh, that. Okay. He, he did not like phone bills. Okay. He did not. I mean, he, he would eventually pay them. <clears throat> um, but, uh, and, I, and I'm not saying that I paid them all. But there was, you know, I mean, if I paid two or three of them, that was, yeah. that was a big hit for me. Because I remember the installation, you were okay, like if you were at a place that actually had phone lines before right, right. they so could they turn on, they could yeah. just turn on the jack so i yeah. think i think it was only maybe like 50 bucks to turn it on yeah uh but if you had to put the whole works in i mean you're you're looking at 100 120 bucks yeah. and it's and, like it's and like i was making big, 50 bucks like, a game yeah, it's like the big game so you got to have it in yes. there and yeah oh yeah and, and you would worry or i would i'd worry all that i i used to say you know, until I got hooked up and I heard that dial tone, it was like, ah, it was yeah, like, you know, yeah. cause you'd worry all the way to the game. Oh, yeah. You know, like I said, there's lots of times, like I say, Jim and Gene would get there and they say, yeah, Oscar, yeah. we've, we've got no, you know, we've got no signal here. You know, we got no line. So yep. and next thing you know, you're making a call to whoever and yeah. trying to get it on there. And, and yeah. they'd have to go to like to a pay, a pay phone or something to call me to let <laughs> me know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah the, the adventures of radio. Oh yeah. 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 I one, one funny story about the Marty unit and, and Jim Moyes actually, we were at Fremont. He was doing a game, and he looked. He says, "Oh my God, you got a Marty unit, huh?" And I say, "Yeah." He says, "Oh, somebody's going to get killed doing one of those Marty games someday." You know. <laughs> he, apparently, he didn't think too highly of those. No, he didn't like them. No. No. But what he was preferred the phone lines, which I never could understand. Yeah, because anyway. it sounded like you're talking in a tunnel all the time. Yeah, 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 exactly. But it was a good connection. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. But the thing with the Marty unit was, the farther away you were, you could cheat a little bit because it was all about height. Yeah. So we would have, we got, we came to find out that if you had three of these long poles and then you put the antenna on top of the pole, and it was like the raising of the flag at Iwo Jima out of the back <laughs> of the truck. Rick, Rick Stoll and I would, it would, it was kind of funny. I remember we were at Ravana howling winter day. We're doing a basketball game. We put this thing up, get the thing turned to where we think the station is. And, uh, and then we're, we're good to go. Then all of a sudden we were listening to a station feed. That's the only thing that you yeah, had to, to listen to. Yeah. 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 And all of a sudden we hear. <laughs> and I said, you know, what happened was the wind had blown the antenna off the station, right? Off the right. direction. So one of us, whoever wasn't doing play by play, had to go out, return the antenna. And we had a whole, that was, that happened more than, oh, yeah. than that. So you had, and, yeah. And Jim and Gene, that was way too much work. They well, wanted to play. <laughs> yeah. Well, besides back then they were just AM. Well, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So but, it's yeah. just AM, so it wasn't really that big of a deal through, yeah. through the phone lines. So. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, so those those are some. I remember those days very very well. Yeah, very well when I was at KBZ. Yeah, yeah, I remember we we did a, a football game at Old Gray, and it was a again a playoff game, wintry night, very windy, and we we uh, went and it was one of these press boxes that was straight up. It wasn't very wide, but it was like straight up, very high, and uh, the first floor was a uh, concession stand. Second floor was actual press box. So we climbed this rickety ladder up to the second floor. <laughs> and we had a box at that time. Uh, Don Nordyke, or his brother Todd, I think actually put together this box that had the uh, ra- had a radio signal thing, a, a mixer, and a phone connection thing. So it was pretty ingenious. I mean, mm-hmm. it, but it weighed about 70 pounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was pretty hefty. And, it, it, you know, so you're, you're carrying this up this ladder between the two of us. We get up there, and we're looking around, and the guy says, no, you're not in here. So where are we at? He, and he pointed up, and we're looking up, and there's no ladder. And he met on top of the roof. Right. And we said, well, how do we get out there? And he pointed out the window, out the window. And we looked, and there's a ledge probably about <laughs> two feet <laughs> along the outside that you yeah. had to yeah. shimmy around the corner to get to a ladder that went straight up. And yeah. if you ever climbed a ladder that goes straight up. Oh, I have, yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and we and we had this big box and we got up there. Well, we, we stole, this is again back in the days with Stoll. Um, I, I pity him because in the early days, we have the war stories. I mean, by the time Cal came along, we were pretty civilized. I mean, yeah. we were, you know, stuff was, was, was not so bad. We didn't have too many of those stories, but with Rick, it was, it was like that all the time. And anyhow, we fight our way up to the top and all of a sudden we see the camera guy for one of the teams come up and then we see another person and I'm thinking, who in the heck is in this press box? It's like, they're sending everybody up here on this little uh, deer yeah, blind with, yeah. with us. But, uh, and then it was like the, the wind was howling and you oh, yeah. to put a bag over the microphone or else you get the, whoosh, whoosh. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah. yeah well, that's a, I think it was Montague, Montague's football press box. That the ladder was straight up. It's either Montague or white. I'm not sure yeah. which one. Yeah. But yeah, it was Montague because I think Whitehouse was nice. You actually just lose the nice big stairs you just walked up at. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, there's there some, some scary ones. That's sure. for sure. Yeah. Sure.
tunes. Talking tunes. Talking with John Russell. There's a was it North Muskegon? They had the rickety old, um, yeah, wooden steps or something. Yet, yeah, a wooden they, ladder or whatever. Yeah, they've they've improved a lot now. Yeah, mean, yeah. I'm sure they but, have. But you're, yeah, like I said, I think everything. There's no there's no place now that you go to around here where you say, oh man, we got to go there. I mean, it's it's so. But in the early days, oh, yeah. it was a wild yeah. west, man. It was, uh, you know, because they weren't thinking about radio. No, and, and no. I don't blame them. Or cameras and all that cam- stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They certainly weren't thinking about cameras. It was cameras mainly back for then. the the coaches to go up there to take take a look at their team. <laughs> yeah, man. yeah. And you'd I'd hate that too. You get next to a coach oh. and you're, you know, he's sitting there screaming and yelling and everything. It's like, okay. <laughs> oh, that's happened where we yeah. had all of a sudden, you know, you're you're in the you're in the same booth with a coach and you're hearing the coach say, Oh yeah, you gotta get Johnson out of there. He's absolutely killing us. Yeah. And I used to tell Cal, I said, I guess we gotta swear louder than these guys. So at least we, <laughs> we dropped yeah. him out. But I, I I remember that was happening one day and I thought Guy, I feel sorry for Grandma Johnson. She's probably home listening to the yeah, game. Yeah. She's hearing that her grandson is like the biggest lout in the world. You know, he's killing him. <laughs> he's, he's costing the game. You know, I felt bad about that. Now, as far as uh, some of your favorite radio, I mean, you pretty much, I'm sure, said most of them. But you've uh, some of your favorite radio moments that you, you can think of. I mean, when you did your show, you did you did it in the mornings. Yes, with Rick. Yeah. <clears throat> now, was that one of your favorite memories as far as? shows you've done yeah i mean it, the sports and all of course is yeah the sports favorite, we talked but. about that and that's always been fun and, yeah. and for a lot of reasons but yeah the shows were were always great i, I always like getting up in the morning and coming into work checking the you know the news out they used to have the old teletype type of stuff you know and and just find out what's happening and then you know to to i mean and just the adrenaline of that i mean this is back when i started in radio you have to remember that was the the news programs really weren't now you know weren't weren't there i mean you were people actually listen to the radio right. to find out what's going on yeah. and uh that's something now that i you know generations don't even no. realize what they that look on was their phone now. yeah but i i loved all of that i, I love the contact with the people and the the the, the people that would uh, would call in rick and i when we moved over here we did a saturday morning show called the saturday morning jukebox we started that the uh what 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 started with that was one of our stations that was Eagle here for a while. They changed it to a sports show, right. a sports station. They called it the yeah. Champ. See, I remember because they simulcast on the over here at the AM side. Yeah. And when I first moved here seventeen years ago, I couldn't get a phone. I couldn't pick up my phone because I'd hear the the Eagle yes. on the other side. Yeah, yeah. you you get us on your toaster. Oh, yeah. And stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I used to get that all the time yeah. in, in Fremont. People say, "Hey, you're coming in on my TV," and say, "How I look?" Well, they, they weren't too thrilled with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, were, they were actually pretty pretty PO'd. But uh, we started the uh, the Saturday show because um, Brett Bakita was working at WBBL then, and they wanted to do a morning show, a local morning show, uh, sports show, and so Rick and I were going to do it. Um, but we got the wise idea of, hey, let's see how we work together again. It's been a while since we worked together. So let's just go in Saturday morning, 6 o'clock in the morning till 9, and we'll just play the oldies and we'll have some fun. Who's you know, If you're bad, who cares? It's 6 yeah. o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. On a you know? Saturday, yeah. Well, what was funny, Oscar, is if <laughs> we started playing, we started talking back and forth, phones started lighting up. Yeah. And uh, what we found at that time, the Muskegon Chronicle was still going. And 
all the Chronicle workers, or a huge amount of them, were out delivering papers, and they okay. were calling. So they, I mean, they all of a sudden they 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 called, and then when the Chronicle kind of disappeared, we thought, oh, there goes our audience because a lot of them was that. But then we built our own audience from yeah. from that. But that was funny because we we did that for no pay, and we did it on the sly, and it turned into just a monster show. And I would wind up you know, getting sound bites from Green Acres and the Beverly Hillbillies. And then we started, uh, <laughs> what was really cool was I remember sitting around one day said, you know, Johnny Rivers, you know what? He can't be that busy anymore. You know, why <laughs> he, you know, if, if I hook up with him, it's not see, the whiskey a go-go anymore. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I said, you know, these guys, it's not like they're the top line talent anymore and all this stuff. And this is what we play. We play their stuff. I bet you he wouldn't mind talking or doing an interview. And all of a sudden, I was, you know, going on websites or whatever, and I was just making contact with either them. Some sometimes they actually answered their own emails, yeah. or I'd get their publicist and tell them what we're doing, and they would buy in. And uh, you know, I, I mean, the the people we talked to, to, you know, from Johnny Rivers to Art Garfunkel to um, Bobby Goldsboro, we did a two-parter with him. Um, Art was only a one-parter because that was set up through an agency. Okay. Uh, Art had just done a, uh, a solo album, uh, one of his latest releases, and I'm sorry, uh, and uh, and they said you're, you're only going to have ten minutes. Well, what we like to do is we like to have twenty minutes with these guys, and then we would mix in their music. Right. I mean, we turned it into a whole program, an hour right. program, and that we would play after the jukebox. So we co-opted another whole hours, you know. Oh, okay. Um, but we said, I told Rick, I said, hey, we got Art Garfunkel, man. He said, we only got him for 10 minutes. It's going to be a cattle call. You know, it's going to be one of these things he goes right from us to somebody else. And uh, we talked with him, and he was very warm, very... And I had heard that he, there, depending on where he was in his life, he either he would either talk about Paul Simon or he wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, that was one of those things. So we got to talk about Sound of Silence because this was on his thing. And I'm thinking, right. man, if he'd only talk about Paul, but I didn't say anything. And he and he talked about the whole story about how Paul was in England and when that song hit, and they were kind of almost in one of their mess. They were almost broken up at that time before their first song came out. I mean, they kind of went their own separate ways for a little bit, and that song actually brought them together. And he said, he says, Paul Simon, what a talent. Let's talk about Paul. He actually said that, and then Rick and I looked at one another and we thought, wow. Yeah, and it was like, okay, man, here we go, and and he was just told all the stories, told about the breakup, what that was all about. Wow. He, he taught he, he taught school for a while. Did you record this? I did. Yeah, I okay. still I yeah, still yeah. got this stuff. I still kept all of that stuff. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, someday, if I find something, uh, you know, I'd love to play that back again, you know, yeah. and stuff. But yeah, I mean, we'd have them. We'd had uh, Randy Bachman from Bachman Turner. I mean, we. Now he, I talked to Randy myself too. Great guy. Actually, it was back at KBZ when we, uh, when we, I, I talked to the nudist camp, and they were having a thing called Nude Stock. <laughs> yeah. And he was one of the artists that was going to be at Nude Stock, and I talked to him, and he actually sent me like CDs from what he was doing in his garage at the time. Yeah. I mean, he's, a, he's an awesome guy. He's well, a great plus guy. He, he did. I don't know if he was doing it back when you talked to him, but he since and still does a radio show. Yeah, and wasn't uh, when I no, wasn't and it, I, it wasn't too much unlike what what I think what you do with cartoons and what we did with the jukebox is just like kicks back, kick back, tell the stories of the songs, or yeah. and it's not all his stuff. I mean, you know, if you play Tommy James and tell some stories about that and right. stuff. Tommy James was another. I mean, we interviewed him two or three times. Couldn't wow. get enough of him. 
Um, he's, you know, from Ni- technically he's born in Dayton, but he was raised in Niles. So he, he always considered himself a Michigander. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that, so th- those are always the good stories. I mean, those are, and, and Rick and I just had, had a blast doing it. I mean, we, we would be tired after a game on a Friday night. Sometimes you only get three hours sleep. But you would come back in the morning, and that was that was just our fun time. That was just our yeah, time to, yeah. hey, nobody got killed. It was just, just. Have well, I some wish fun. I would, when I was doing talking tunes on Eagle ninety seven. I wish I would have thought of just contacting uh, local celebrities like that, or that are not local celebrities, but celebrities that oh. have been has been so to speak but you would you'd be surprised how yeah. many uh you know one, one of my heartbreaking stories of that was glenn campbell i was always a fan of his and yeah. i knew he was doing his final tour he had the alzheimer's right, thing going right and i got two rejection letter or emails that were like the sweetest emails i ever got one of them was carol king okay um i'd, I'd asked to talk to her and she said john she said really appreciate you being a fan because i said you know it's always a big fan all this she says but I really, I I really don't do a lot of press anymore. I really, you know, I, I'm I'm semi-retired, and uh, and I probably could have followed it up with an, oh come on, would you, you know? Yeah. But I, you know, I, I didn't want to be that guy, you know. It's hey, they said no, but they said it really nice. Right. And the other good rejection letter I got was from Glenn Campbell's wife, because um, I it said hey, you know, we'd love to have Glenn on. I had Jimmy Webb on one time, the great songwriter right, who wrote, right. you know, was really kind of the rocket fuel for, for Glenn's career, you right. know. Um, and uh, and I, I dropped his name, you know, I figured, okay, I'll get me in there. And I, a couple of days later, I got an email from his wife, and she says, John, she said, again, appreciate all the stuff you said, but she says, you know, Glenn's just not in a real good place. We're trying to get him through this final tour. Um, she, she says he doesn't do radio interviews anymore. She says he'll do some limited TV interviews, but that's only because I can be there with him right. and kind of help him when he's having some problems and stuff like that. And I did see some of those interviews and, and she was kind of the, the yeah. lifesaver in that. Did you see the documentary I on did. that? Yeah. It was, it was yeah. hard. You know, it, it was, was very, very hard to watch. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, but his family was great. Oh man. Yeah. And I, you know, and I said, man, that's a guy I just waited too long to talk to because I was. Are you familiar with the Wrecking Crew and what they oh, yeah. were? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I got to know a guy named because Glenn was part of the Wrecking Crew. He was. He was one of the He's session part guitarists. Of the, part of the Beach Boys. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. that kind of came through the Wrecking Crew because right. they were the, the Wrecking Crew was this group of studio musicians uh, that recorded basically all the pop, well, not just pop, but all this music out in California from I'm going to say late '50s to early '70s. Right. I mean, they were a part of your movie themes, your TV themes, uh, pop music. Frank Sinatra just went on and on and on. And I got I got in touch with a guy named Denny Tedesco, whose dad oh, was. Yeah. Tommy Tedesco, the great right. guitar player, right. you hear his, his guitar and a lot of stuff. Mash is the one that really jumps out, uh, you know, that little guitar solo and that. Well, I, I got struck up a friendship with him. He was putting together this this movie, and what he was doing was he was going to different markets, and he would charge admission, and that would allow him to buy the rights fees for these songs so that he could put this movie out. And I got we, we got him into Grand Rapids uh, at uh, the Wealthy Theater and all that stuff, and so we we got to be pretty good friends. And he he did one of our we had a legend segment too. That's what we would call these if you're talking to Art Garfunkel or right, Denny right. Tedesco or whoever it was. And he was he was great as well, um, and, and told us all the stories and and that would lead to another. Hey, you want to talk to Hal Blaine? Hal was like one of the greatest right, session drummers right. ever, and it was yeah. Now the Wrecking Crew is that the 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 
documentary that you were talking about that you yes. led him to put? Yeah, because yeah, I've seen that a couple of times, actually. Yeah, it's great. So I think yeah. you can run it, run it like a Netflix now or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe even on YouTube. I got, he gave me a, a copy of it, and I, I still, I wear it out. I just, I just love oh, that yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah, And, uh, and, uh, yeah. The other, the other one was about the, the, the guys at the session musicians that were at the Motown. Yes, that was heartbreaking too, in yeah. some ways, because uh, the story of when, when, like their last session, it's a, the story that I heard was they actually went to work. Barry had already decided to move to, move to L.A. Yeah. and and a lot of these guys showed up to work like on a right. Monday, thinking they were going to go to work, and there was like a sign on the door of Hitsville that said "Move to L.A." And the sad part was these guys weren't even invited to go along. Right, you know the the heart and soul of the Funk Brothers, and uh, I thought, wow. James Jameson too, as far as the bait, they said that that's when he, they don't know if that that's when he died because of right. the 25th anniversary show. I mean, the, the Funk Brothers weren't really mentioned or anything in the 25th. Yeah. And uh, they didn't get the respect. They, they didn't deserved. get respect. No, yeah. and that's no respect. And they, and it's, it's like they, when you, if you've seen that, you see that they came up with all these different little techniques to make these songs unique, you know, right. the hand clapping, the, foot stomping the the certain bass notes that james jameson's came up with and yeah it was it was a very good uh I, I think i got the movie but very good very good uh thing to watch i think it's that's on netflix now yeah. too you can watch it so and yeah just the i mean just you talk about the kismet of whatever you know just the coming together of the the i mean the songwriters the musicians right. the you know smoky robinson uh yeah you know, all of the, the temptations yeah. i mean my gosh all in this stevie this... wonder kind of learned from the the <laughs> funk brothers you know yeah, yeah. he hung out with them and found you know yeah and uh, one of the sad stories from that was and it might have been jamerson but i'm not sure it was one of the one of the classic musicians and he was having dinner with with the this reporter and the reporter was going to do a story on the funk brothers and they're setting in uh they're sitting in a restaurant, and they're playing. Uh, they're playing uh, "My Girl" on the music, okay. and you get the doom, 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 and it's it's what this guy had played. James, yeah. And all of a sudden, you see his eyes light up, and he wants to say to the waiter, "Hey, you know that's me playing that." Right. And then he said, "This this writer says all of a sudden I saw just really the the light go out of his eyes, and he just sat back and looked at his menu again and ordered yeah. his food." And I said. Weren't you weren't you tempted to say, "Hey, that's me." He says, "Yeah, I was tempted," but he said, "Ah, he, he wouldn't have cared. He wouldn't have known what that yeah. was or anything." And and he said, "He said, man, one of the all time great licks of all time." And who wouldn't be it? Well, he, I guess Jamerson was saying that guy would not believe me. He would say, "Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah You're, you're yeah. just some old dude that's going to say that, you know." <laughs> and all that, well, but. that's you know all the all the writers that wrote the songs. They got all their credits and everything, but the. These guys came up with the licks that really made the songs what yeah. they were. Yeah, know? because they weren't necessarily written in. Right. I mean, Supremes, I don't think Supremes would have had all the hits they had if it no. wasn't for. The, yeah, the you're absolutely brothers. right. A lot of yeah. that, and and the 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 wrecking crew was a lot of it was during the workouts of the song. Hey, how about if we added Do this? That. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it, it it turned out to be the difference of the song. You know, and it was years later that I found out that Glenn Campbell was you know such a great guitar player. I couldn't read I music though. Yeah, he yeah. couldn't read music, but, but he was he, good. He, oh man, yeah. phenomenal! Yeah, and uh, he, what he stood in for the Beach Boys for uh, Brian Wilson, right? For for a tour because Brian Wilson didn't want to tour anymore, right? And uh, I mean, there you go. But anyway. When it's cold outside 
She's by my excitation. Good, 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 good
Tunes talking with John Russell. <laughs> I think you and I, since we've you know, you and I could probably go on about know, that I know, forever. Because yeah. I do, I do a show with a guy. We do it on YouTube um, called Reminiscing. That's what we do. Oh man, it's sweet. So, but um, anyway, I you know nobody cares anymore because they can find everything on Google right now. So you know, or Wikipedia, know. you know, everything's right there. Yeah. yeah. Let me see. Let me find out about that guy. Oh yeah, here it is. All right here. I don't need to listen to these <laughs> yeah, guys. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, a few of the uh, your favorite people that you've uh, you've worked with through the years, you think? I'm Rick, of course, is one, and yeah, Rick's, Cal. Yeah, Cal. Those are my those are my two buds. You know, I work with a guy who lives in this area. His name's Mike Taylor. He's he was a coach for oh, a long Mike. time. Oh, Mike! I know Mike. Do you? Oh yeah, well, Mike. I, did, I feel did, sorry did about game. That. Yeah, I know. Oh, that's Mike right. did he games for, for a while. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he did. He is one funny man. He is. He's yeah. Uh, yeah uh, Crazy. Yeah, I met him back when he was an assistant coach with Dan. Dan Rohn was the head coach over at Fremont, but uh, but Mike was one of his assistants. And Mike told me back then. He says, "You know, I want to do this someday." I said, "What?" He said, "What you guys are doing?" I said, "Geez." I said, "Don't pay anything." <laughs> he said, "No, I just want." And he's a natural. He can he tell all the stories. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's a guy. Kalamazoo coached every level. I mean, yeah. from high school to college. I didn't coach in pros, but. But you know, worked with Bo over at University of Michigan. Some yeah. of those stories, and yeah, he's he's never he's been a lost fired quite a few places too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He he always says he did it right though because he didn't get married until his coaching was pretty much done. Yeah. Because you know, obviously, you got to go wherever the job is. And now, is he still over in the Hard Area? Or yeah, he lives over New Era over there. Okay, he's got a nice log okay. log home out there and stuff like that. Hey, a real quick story, and then Mike. The one thing we used to we used to use Mike all the time to do uh, high school football. Yeah, um, and it was, I forget who his his colors guy was, but it didn't matter because it was Mike anyway. You know? <laughs> yeah, but the the I did all the editing. Well, trying to edit some of the things that Mike set out, you know, I yeah. cut some of that stuff out. It was yeah. like, oh my, I know. But he did. I I saw him over a Whitehall game. I had a Whitehall game to do, and I didn't have anybody to call and. Mike happened to be there, and I think he was working for you guys at the time because he had to call in the scores or whatever. And, yeah. and 
But I said, hey, Mike, just, you know, I, I'll leave my little mic here and you just, you know, do your thing. And sure. So he did. <clears throat> and the coach of, uh, or the principal of Whitehall was there and he saw that Mike was doing it and he was a big fan of Mike uh-huh. and, and everything. And it's like, oh, cool. You're going to have you guys do these games, you know, with Mike. And anyway, so the next, the next week, Mike couldn't make it there. Uh-huh. And it was some guys from, I don't even remember, they're out of town. They're for the other side. They weren't for Whitehall anyway. And I, I just asked them if they'd be kind enough to do it because Mike couldn't make it. Sure. Well, when they did that, the, the principal saw that they were doing it. The, the opposing team uh, kicked me out of there. They said, you're not doing Whitehall games ever again. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> but, you know, Mike was working for you guys, I think, then. And I can't remember when yeah. that was exactly. But, yeah, yeah he was we, doing a little, what, a sports show with you, right? Yeah, we, we'd done the Power Hour together. We did that up until I wasn't there any longer. In fact, you know, we're one of the things we might do is, is see if we can bring that back in some way, shape, or form with online or something like that. You know, we're we're certainly open to doing something like that again. I mean, yeah. he, he loved doing that, and I did too. So and he's good at it. He, he is, is good at it. He's. Yeah. I mean, he's he he knows everybody. He knows. You know, if he doesn't know, he knows somebody who knows. I mean, he's. Yeah, got, ask uh, him that, if he remembers me. I'm oh, sure he does. I'm sure, he'll have a, a yeah. few choice words. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he does. He's he's he he mentioned that. Uh, yeah. That uh, he'd worked with you before, so it was all good. So. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, you know he he was he was great. I'm I'm trying to think if there's any legendary names that I've worked with. I've, I've worked kind of in smaller stations, so there probably isn't going to be too many that anybody really really knew. I worked with a ton of people, but uh, yeah, those would be kind of the ones that uh, you know. Klaus Klaus was kind of a little local legend here that I and I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, because yeah. see, I knew Klaus when I first worked at uh, WKBZ. I actually worked at Rock ninety five. Okay. And I used to have to come in. I worked overnights, and I used to have to come in WKBZ and and I don't know do something with June Rice, the the news person that was there or something. And, right. And then I and I uh, Rock ninety five went off the air, and Tascone hired me to do part time over there. And I got to know Klaus, and I got to know Cliff Martin, and yep. I got to know Bill Harms at that oh, time. Oh yeah, there's some uh, legends. Ray Miller, who had just moved on after. Um, but anyway, yeah, Klaus was the king of sports at that time. He I mean, was. He, and he loved it. Yeah. He ate it, man. Yeah. He just, yeah, that was his thing with sports. Yeah. And I had him when I was working at, of course, I worked at TV 40 for like off and on for 30 years. Right. But so I got him over there. He did firing line for TV 40 for okay. a while. And he just loved that. But he loved being in front of the camera. That's what he wanted to be was yeah. a sports guy in front of the camera. But I don't know if he ever got his wish or not. I don't know what happened yeah. to him. Uh, he, funny thing, uh, one Saturday, Rick had set this up. He calls the Saturday morning jukebox show. And said, I got, Rick said, I got a surprise for you. Here's, some, here's a blast from the past, and it was Klaus. And we talked probably for 10 minutes on the air, yeah. just kind of reminiscing and all that. And, yeah, he was uh, had a great voice. I remember oh, yeah. I, I, uh, the first time I met him, he was on the air. I mean, it was like I was in the studio getting ready to engineer the show. I'd not met Klaus. And I remember this little guy, is because he was pretty diminutive, uh, sitting in a chair. And I remember thinking, wow. Uh, Klaus is going to be kind of mad when when he comes in. Yeah, this yeah, guy's yeah. going to have to get out of there. And all of a sudden, you know, this guy's looking at me, and it's seven o'clock or whatever it is that go on, or six o'clock, and I'm hitting the opener, and I'm thinking, wow, this guy's cutting it close. And all of a sudden, Mike opens. This is Klaus Helfer. Wow, <laughs> holy cow! Because I, you know, I didn't even, yeah. I didn't even have like the little handshake before or anything like that. I mean, I'd gotten there, and he'd kind of come in late that day or whatever it was. And so the first time I heard his voice was when he was on the air at that time. I thought, whoa, that's, that's that was Klaus the same Helfer's. same shock I got with uh, with uh, um, 
Martin. I mean, you know, Cliff, Cliff Martin. Yeah. Well, because I was over at Rock ninety five, and then of course I drive over and I forgot what I had to bring. I had to bring something over there. But I'm listening to the AM station, the KBZ, and here's yeah. Cliff Martin just uh, talking away, and it's like, man, that guy's got such a voice. What a voice, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I walk in, and and he thought I was uh, um, one of the guests that June Rice was going to interview. And he comes up and shakes my hand. Hey, I'm Cliff Martin. And I'm thinking, <laughs> you're Cliff Martin? <laughs> yeah. Little guy, you know. And, yeah. But, uh, yeah, what a great guy. WQ, WQ. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I work with him at QQ, too. Actually, it was at the Martin. There was a Martin station there. Remember the, the old station on Martin? Yes. Actually, LCS was there was for there a little for a bit while. of time. It was like a little brick building, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a dump. Yeah. But, yeah, but it, he ran qq out of there too so yeah. i knew him back then too when i was right. over at lcs third time it's like i had I, three three was a magic number for me i had three times at you know kbz three times at lcs three yeah i just yeah but anyway yeah i i, I ran into cliff's son someplace i, I want to say it was almost like school when i went, went to school with him i didn't realize he's in my dad's cliff Martin's. oh no kidding so yeah. i never met cliff but i, I his daughter him. still works over at uh russ's so oh no kidding yeah yeah uh, that's where his wife worked for years yeah geez. but uh anyway i'm sorry didn't mean to get you off oh no here. that's that's all good but yeah that those those are the like i said i probably haven't worked with any real legends and that anybody would know but i've been kind of a contemporary with you know like the the murphys and the mornings and stuff like that i mean yeah. I've, I've known them a little bit you know just as a you know it's, it's always kind of awkward when you're when you're working kind of against somebody because you never really get to be totally friends i mean right. you know you, you just kind of meet out and it's always uh you know now see i always like i worked for mike murphy for a while when i was lcs the first time i think it was yeah mm -hmm. when i worked at uh park row yes park row towers yeah and uh it was him and dan vanderby that had it at that time ran into dan because he's a pa announcer over at mona shores yeah, mona shores yeah, and he's yeah. still doing it yeah yeah and i always thought they're great guys yeah I, you know but yeah there's stories yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, but no. they're always great, great to me. So sure. treated me well. Sure. Okay, so what's what's the plans? What's up? Well, right now, um, I I'm really kind of busy just trying to get stuff uh, together, like insurances, and making sure that's all taken care of. I've got I've got kind of a window of like uh, twelve weeks where I'm I'm kind of taken care of here. So what I'm what I'm really using this Oscar is to not jump at the first thing. You know, I mean, if I'm if I'm going to work at Taco Bell, you know, I'm, I didn't nothing against that, but you know, I didn't want that to be my my first jump off. Point, I heard you, you know? can make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> I can, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Getty Street Grill is offered. Yeah. Yeah, Ron over there has offered me graciously offered me that. But you know, I I've uh, got some some irons in the fire. Like I said, the thing I I'm still intrigued with doing high school sports, but yeah. I. Um, I know a guy that uh, I've worked with uh, that runs a, a streaming uh, streams games. He's in the southern part of Michigan. He also is connected with the MHSAA. Uh, he's kind of offered, uh, you know, a set down and see what we could do. He's more into getting with a school and then doing everything. In other mm. words, you're doing football, doing basketball, both right. boys and girls, and, and softball and all oh, that. Oh yeah, yay! Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, I my thing is. And, and Hickman might come back into this and help with sales. And and my goal is to show that maybe we can make enough money that we could do a game of the week that's not his forte. He doesn't really like that. So I might have some convincing to do on that. But right. if I come back, I would like to stay with the game, especially football. I mean, 
you know, baseball and, and that other stuff is all negotiable. I, I get that, you know, because the, the, the audience isn't as, right. as, as great for those. I mean, if you wanted to specialize then somehow, I don't know how that all would look. But that, that's the answer. My, I got some meetings next week with them. I've already had some really good meetings, you know, uh, with, with some, some folks. And uh, the, the problem is if, if I can piece enough contractual work together to make a living to, you know, to replace, not that I was making a ton of money, but, you know, uh, and it's not about money necessarily, but I always say, you know, until the gas company doesn't think that money is important and the uh, electric company doesn't think money is important and the landlord doesn't think money is important. I got to think money is important, you know? So, right. uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta pay the bills. So, um, but I would love to stay in this at some, some way, shape or form. I mean, I, I love what, you know, what you're doing with, uh, the, not only the audio, but the visual, I, I know audio editing and all that, but you know, someday I'd like to learn, a little bit more about the video. I'd like to maybe even work on documentaries or something like oh, that. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. just uh, you know, see where this can where it can go and all that type of stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I really don't know what's out there. I'm I I'm ninety nine percent sure I'm going to land again in broadcasting. Probably is not going to be terrestrial radio again. I mean, because <laughs> there's, I mean, I I don't want to talk bad about anybody or anything, but it's you know you're you're very you're very blessed if you can find a non-corporate owned station anymore. I mean, and you got somebody that can, you know, has a vision for you. Um, and, uh, and the ones that aren't corporate don't, don't have any money either. So exactly. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And radio is just, you know, the, the canary in the coal mine, as I always say is in, in, I'm sure you were in this thing too. You're, you're a 16, 17 year old kid and you're taking your tapes and you're banging on doors and you're right. saying, Hey, can I get in here? You know what? The last ten years, I, I'm not seeing kids come into a radio station and say, you know, hey, I, I really would like to work here.
to Talking Tunes. Talking Tunes. Talking with John Russell. The SX Howard still open? You know, I don't know. <laughs> Man, you know, I used to, and, I, and I'm not trying to dog anybody that ever went there because that, that was one of the, and I thought, man, why would you want to go to a school yeah. and you're never going to be able to recover the money and right, your tuition right. and, and the job, you know, unless you're, you know, yeah. I mean, I know you could and you could land in New York and all that stuff and that could well, happen. I know, I know, I've only known one person. Um, his name was Mike something. I couldn't remember his real name, but his, he went as Kenny Calvin. And he was at Rock 95 when we were over yeah. there. Sounds and funny. he did land a job in uh, Lansing for a little while after that. But he ended up going back to um, concessions at Tiger Base, at Tiger Stadium. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. yeah. He made more money there than he did doing anything in radio. <laughs> yeah. so. I used to always call Specs Howard just as just the, the sense of humor I have. It was the Shemp Howard uh, School of Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I told the story to, to Ranger Bob is that uh, I went there uh, when I first got out of school and I thought, well, that's what I was going to do, you know, and I went over there and and I, they, they said, okay, you got to, re- um, you know, read for us and I read for him and he said, well, you know, you got a kind of a voice for like a news, like a news guy. So yeah. we'll have you read some news. Well, I don't know anything about news sure. and I don't know how to pronounce half these names. I'm, <laughs> I've always been terrible at pronouncing names. Uh-huh. So I'm reading this and they said, eh, maybe this isn't for you. <laughs> I said, yeah. yeah, well, okay. Yeah. And then what's weird is, I mean, you, you, you know, you go to a school like that and it still gets down to your knocking on doors with your tapes and oh, all yeah. that stuff yeah. anyhow. So, yeah. you know, I'm not trying to dog them or anything, but that, yeah, I, I, know I am. <laughs> they wouldn't even let me try i don't yeah, even want to talk no, about yeah it. no i don't blame you i mean you should have yeah but. <clears throat> but anyway um well i'll talk to you after we get done here but i there's something that i wanted to mention to you too but okay we'll keep it a secret sure so everybody will say i wonder oh, what the secret what's, is what's going on yeah. yeah but so anything else you you want to you want to say as far as Something you might have missed? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I you know, like I said, I'm uh, I would love to be able to say yes. I'm definitely doing this in the next two yeah. weeks, but I'm not. But you know, I'm I, I'm at peace peanut butter with- and jelly looking good or no? <laughs> you know, it's looking better <laughs> and better. Uh, yeah. You know, as 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 the weeks uh, go on here, but uh, yeah, you know, I'm I'm just kind of seeing what's yeah. Uh, I look at it as I'm a free agent. I just got to see. I don't think I'm probably a LeBron James free agent, but I hope I'm not a Don Work free agent. There's, yeah. a, there's a reference for you if you're an old Tiger fan, you know. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, for the first time in my life, it's I can see what's out there, see what I can make go and what I can't. And maybe I'm kind of thinking that it's probably going to be some, and I got to talk to a gal that does my taxes to make sure I don't get you know nailed in this either. Is this whole 1099 stuff, you know? Yeah, right? yeah. Because yeah. I've had some horrible experiences with oh, yeah, that. So yeah. I'm all gun shy about that. But there's you know there's people that do that, and maybe that's what I wind up doing. Maybe I do enough <laughs> part time stuff that you know it yeah. all. I've been know, doing 1099 for years. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I can try yeah, get to some brotherly advice from you as well so yeah. now curiosity before we end this thing i just want to see what your what your thought is now with the coronavirus and everything as far as school starting back up as far as sports starting again do you see it happening <laughs> I, 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 I put on my facebook i said you know i've been all over this i went from being optimistic to pessimistic to i have no stinking idea what's yeah, going to happen yeah. and that's kind of where i am right now because of the so-called spike and in, in where we're at I went in in my optimistic times. I went from thinking, at some point, we got to get back to some kind of normal, right? You know, and and I, I I just didn't want to accept the fact that you're not going to have 
football or sports or school, I, I thought, you know, this there's going to be a grace period and we're going to get back to that. I think there's going to be something, but I, I don't know. You know, and I got to be careful how I say this because I, I don't want to say this. I don't want to get into the political wrangle of all this stuff, right. but the 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 situation we're in now with this with the country and how we're so polarized i don't care what who you support or what you support there's there's no debate about anything anymore there's no halfway you're either over here or you're over right, here it seems right. and i just in my mind i think the whole coronavirus has gotten caught in that to where i mean yes i know people are dying and i know it's serious and but then you get to how many who is really dying who is really susceptible i mean can you you know i don't know i don't know what that answer is but i do know this i do know that uh that at some point we got to accept a risk and say okay look we're going to try to be as safe as we can be but we're going to have to move on here. I mean, we can't be sheltered in our basements yeah. forever. So, well, see, now this could be a really oppor- a big opportunity, too, because you figure that they're playing football, they, they're going to wear masks anyway as far as the sure. maybe plastic mask or something. Right. But as far as people being there, maybe they don't allow people to be there, yep. but if they have the, the game uh, sports or, I mean, uh, on, on radio or television right. – yeah, it then would, it would that's be a more, big plus. Yes, it would be more, or even even streaming. Sure, you know, there's exactly. a lot of streaming going on. Yeah, these there days is too. that opportunity. I mean, I've thought of that too, and uh, I still, I this is my feeling. If they're going to have football or sports, even though in baseball they're playing without a crowd, I still think they're going to have some kind of a crowd there. You know, I still right. think. I mean, it might not be you know, 3,000 people in the crowd anymore. I mean, they may be select. I don't know how you select them, if it be a parents or whatever. Or how you seat them. Or, or how you anything, seat them or yeah. whatever. But I, I don't see high school stuff playing to empty empty houses. Now, it may, like I said, it won't probably be packed, but, uh, you know, and I could be wrong there too. Um, well, I'm hearing uh, October could be a breaking point for this thing. So I'm, yeah. I'm hoping. And you're hearing that there's, you know, you hear everything, but you're hearing, okay, we're working on vaccines and you hope. I mean, yeah. it'd be like the the quickest vaccine in history for anything. But you know, hey, you gotta. Well, you, supposedly you gotta the whole country is working on it. That's that's, the, that's what I get anyway. That's the one thing that it seems like everybody yeah. is working together working on. To, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because yeah. everybody. It's not just the United States. It's everybody. It so, is. Yeah, it's a whole world deal. You're right. Yeah. So. So. But yeah. So was that that was pretty good about evading that an answer there. I guess I didn't really even answer it except <laughs> to say I, I don't know. But well, none of us do. You yeah, know? you're right. And yeah. as far as that, I've heard. Like I said, that what I've heard and what. You've heard, and what anybody's heard, it really doesn't matter because we will find out right. when it actually happens. So. And I just, you know, it gets back to I just wish that we could all agree on rather than okay, is this going to hurt so and so's chances at an election? Is this going to help so and so? Let's. I wish we could just get by all that and say, hey, look, this is really what's out there. This is really what we're up against. Right. This is really no BS on either side. This is what we got to get away from. The whole game's being played right now of this is my side, and boy, if, if we can have this go over here, that's going to hurt his chances or her chances. And I, I, we got yeah. it. And I don't know, to be honest with you, Oscar, we have polarized ourselves so much. I don't know. what That's going to be a miracle right, right there to ever get us back to center stage again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, mean I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see it happening either. But <laughs> I know, but you can hope. You, you know? can hope, yeah. You can hope. Well, sir, on that note, I think we should uh, say thanks. Well, thank you, Oscar. Appreciate the invitation, and it certainly is uh, 
is a thrill to come in and see your operation here. And I'll tell you what, you know, you've been doing this about as long as I have too. So, you know, I mean, you're certainly close fit. to 40 years, not yeah. quite, not quite the 40 but, year mark. You know, we, we got similar stories, no similar people and yeah. similar experiences. So, I mean, you certainly fit, you know, whatever you should be up here doing a, yeah. doing a thing. I mean, I, I know you wouldn't have anybody to interview me. <laughs> you have to talk to yourself, right? <laughs> yeah. No, but, uh, but no, thank, thank you for doing that and keep on keep. And, and, you know, I, I know you're very good at, with the, with the cartoons and some of the things that you're doing. And I really appreciate that because, you know, if, if we ever needed local radio, I mean, we still need, yeah. we still need that connection. We still, we, we can't have everything can. Well, so, you know, the one nice that. thing about it now is that I have plenty of, uh, out of work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're out right. of work DJs to talk about yeah, it. So there yeah, you go. We, we got our own little club here. Yeah, we got we? our club. Yeah, we should start that. The uh, we, that that could be the radio show. The yeah. out of work DJs. Yeah, yeah the out of work DJs. <laughs> yeah. So, so well, all right. thank you, Oscar. Thank you. I went to a garden party to reminisce with my old friends chance to share old memories and play our songs again when i got to the garden party they all knew my name no one recognized me i didn't look the same but it's all right now i learned my lesson well you see you can't please everyone so you got to please yourself people came from miles around everyone was there yoko brought a walrus there was magic in the air and over in the corner much to my surprise mr hughes hidden dylan's shoes wearing his disguise but it's all right now i learned my lesson well you see you can't please everyone so you got to please yourself I'd 
drive a truck But it's alright now I learned my lesson well You see, you can't please everyone So you got to please yourself La-da-da Thanks for joining us for Talkin' Tunes. Join us again next Saturday. West Michigan, we love you. Until next week, I'm the once again employed Bambi Dickens saying, I like you. I really, really like you. T-A-L-L because we like you. K-T-U, you are special. N-E-S, S is for see you next week. It's all scary looking, wiggy looking, man. Head is getting spruce and down is getting loose. The passing by the bottle and the getting good and juice. We just running down and checking down at the club. Skip us on the second look and all we do is rub. The busters from the country and the hitters from the shop. Everybody wants to do the horizontal bop. Everybody wants to do the horizontal box.